Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life and my wife, Rachel Campos-Duffy. Sean, it's great to be back at the kitchen table, and I have to tell you, I am so excited about our next guest because um, she's not just, she, she's sort of like the beacon, the, the light, the beacon. the beacon, the light that's letting us know what's happening in this crazy world um, that we're living in here the in America. Light of, the light of truth. Yeah. Or, or the canary in the coal mine, you could say as well. Um, with no further ado, I want to bring in Jivan Fleet. She's become a friend of ours. Um, and she has an incredible new book out called Mao's America, where she lays out the case um, for this new cultural revolution that we're seeing in America right now. She, uh, welcome Skippy, to Skippy does not like she. The, yeah, that's why Skippy's barking. The revolution just a bark when he <laughs> Skippy is totally <laughs> anti-communist. Uh, she, so <laughs> welcome to, to the kitchen table. Thank you so much. Glad to be back to your kitchen. Great. How's the book doing? Today's the release day. I'm so excited. I just tweeted out something and I just thank people who have pre-ordered and urge those who haven't ordered now and read it. And I plan to have a, a space session after two weeks and answer people's questions. Great. This is a piece of history that many Americans do not know. And I expect that they will have a lot of questions and I want to uh, engage them and uh, and uh, discuss the issues and answer their questions. I just can't wait to hear back from the readers. Yeah. You know, I think it's an interesting point you make because we kind of get into this conversation. But you mentioned it's a history that most Americans don't know. And Americans don't know the history that you're going to share with them because we haven't taught it in our school systems because there's this, there's this idea that if I can demonize capitalism and I can wash over the horrors of socialism and Marxism mm. and communism, well, then I can sell a new version, which, by the way, is the old version of Marxism, which has always failed. But it really comes down to the school system's failure. And then people like you saying, you know what, I'll step up and I'll actually tell you the truth and in, in, in the accurate history about the horrors of communism. I have to say the school succeeded in what they wanted to do. They did not fail. They succeeded. Mm. They succeeded in brainwashing our uh, kids. And then, then the Marxist-run uh, uh, college and universities have been really preparing generations of Marxists. Mm -hmm. Now we see them in our institutions. We see them on the streets right now. 
Yeah, you know, the infiltration of Marxists into the university system that we've now seen after decades has really trickled into even, you know, kindergarten at this point. Um, but it started in the 1930s and it's really starting to blossom now. And I think what's been interesting in the news with this war between Hamas and the Israeli government um, and, and the Israeli people is that we're seeing it on display here. And, you know, Absolutely. we talk about it so much in terms of what's happening in America, but it has foreign policy implications as well. Um, you listed the nine Democrats. Um, and this is a tweet. By the way, I love your 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 Twitter feed. I recommend it to everybody. There are every day a history lesson on communism and socialism and its impact on America. But here you write in this tweet, nine House Democrats voted against the resolution condemning Hamas. The same nine members were also among the 86 Democrats who voted against the resolution denouncing the horrors of socialism that happened earlier this year. Um, it should be clear that the radical Democrats have embraced both communism and radical Islamism. Uh, that is, it, it, it's, it's so obvious and yet so refreshing for you to put it, you know, in a tweet where we can see it, that this is all connected and that, I mean, imagine being a member of Congress and you can't even, you know, denounce socialism and communism, which, you know, has killed millions of people. Yeah, because our government has been infiltrated. All our institutions, all, I mean, there's no exception, has been infiltrated. And that's why we see the result. And what, what do we see on the streets? It's the same people on mm. there. The same people that support BMM, the same people that supported the uh, radical gender uh, ideology, and now they are supporting Hamas. Same people because they're guided or poisoned by the same ideology, and that is Marxist ideology. So let's break that down a little bit, because I, I think most people might see that as a stretch to say, well, I'm seeing all these young kids from college campuses. They come out and protest. They seem to love Hamas, who did horrific terrorist acts against the Jewish people. And you'll say, well, that has a connection to uh, to, to communism or Marxism. Uh, how are those things connected? How are the protests on the street, you know, with the Middle East today connected to Marxism? Very much so. This is the fundamental belief of Marxism and that there, there are two kinds of people. There are oppressors and they're oppressed. Mm -hmm. That's how they launched the revolution. That's how they launched the revolution in China and succeeded by dividing people into two uh, groups. One is oppressor, the people that have wealth, the people have land, people have property, the others that have not, and set them against each other. So uh, oppressors bad, oppressed good. That is a black white thinking that has been taught to us. And that's what's driven the Red guards. So this this really replaced any critical thinking. It replaced thinking in general. So whoever was deemed as oppressor, bad. Anything that you mm. do to them is justified. Anything, including killing, raping, the kidnapping, torturing, justified because they are the bad people. And that's exactly what happened in the Cultural Revolution. The red guards killed millions of people who are considered. They oppress uh, the oppressors or the bad people, and they kill their teachers. Why? 
because Mao classified them as the bourgeois reactionary intellectuals that should be get rid of, should be eradicated overnight, overnight. This ideology make the uh, seemingly normal Red Guards, the kids, really kids, middle school, elementary school to college, turned against their teacher because that is what they are told, bad people. Anything you do to them is fine. You know, millions, millions were killed. It's same here. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, she. The same here. So you classify anybody, you know, Israelis, um, oppressors, because they're, they're successful. And, and then the Palestinians and uh, oppressor, uh, oppressed. Then decision was made for you. You don't have to do any more thinking. Yeah. You just go. Yeah, and it's just black, yeah. white thinking. It is exactly what's driven the Red Guards and what's driven the uh, uh, radical uh, activists on campus today. Yeah. And, and then we see it in London, we see it in, 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 in New York and then Dallas. Same way of thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's like these institutions um, of indoctrination. And that is exactly I mean, Sean calls our, our schools and universities commie camps. Um, I think that's exactly right there. I, you know, it used to be that universities were about you know, opening your mind and enlightening people and and looking at both sides of the issue. I mean, you couldn't have a more complex issue than the Israel, you know, Palestinian issue. It's a long, complicated history and yet so easy to just break it down into good and bad um, based on yeah. on on this Marxist um, dumbed down way. And, and all these kids join. Maybe there are a few um, uh, we know that there are some foreign nationals. Um, we know that Yemen and I mean, that um, that uh, Qatar and um, Saudi Arabia and some other groups have been funding universities, just like the Chinese have been funding universities to get the outcomes they want. But a whole lot of these kids that are out on these protests um, are, are just dumb kids. Um, they're just dumb, dumb white kids, kids who, who have bought into, as you said, this black and white oppressor oppressed, have no idea even where to find these countries on a map. And they're doing this. Meanwhile, there have been these corporations, G, as you know, who are uh, some of them um, hedge funds and Wall Street types who have been really and, and big donors to the universities who have been really concerned and saying, well, I don't want this pro Hamas kid working at my, you know, corporation or my hedge fund or whatever. And so I want to know who they are. And now professors have come out to say we don't want to ban these these kids um, professionally or, or cancel them or, or whatever. And so now that we're seeing in Colombia, for example, 100 professors signed a letter saying that they stand with these students and don't want them to be professionally marginalized for coming out in support of of Hamas and this issue. You could not find 100 professors, Xi, who would sign a defense of pro-Trump students at their university. I saw the your tweet. Yeah. Exactly. So so and Hamas is better than Trump? Trump is worse than Hamas? Like, what, what is going on what? in these institutions? Yeah, simple. Trump is an oppressor. So I have to say <laughs> that the really, the real, the real goal is not to, uh, is not to denounce or, or support Hamas. All this, they have an ultimate goal to, uh, to dismantle. That is the ultimate oppressor, which is United States of America. Yes. So after all this, that is their goal. That's tied them together. And I talk about communism a lot. And a lot of people still believe it is an um, ec uh, economic system. 
It is, and it, it it is in many ways because at the um uh want to abolish uh private property, right? And uh, but it's more than that. It is really want to abolish private thinking, independent mm. thinking. Mm. That's what it's really after. My experience in China is uh, really they want to control your thought. And they, that's why the indoctrination is so important. Mm-hmm. They want you to think one way, the correct way, and then you become all become zombie. And that's what we see in, on the uh, university campuses and on the street. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every Life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. We're talking about these kids being stupid, and, and they are, but it, 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 there's this idea now that if you're, if you're a minority, if you have more pigment, pigment in your skin, um, com- communism is really good and capitalism is really bad, as if if you have more pigment, socialism is going to be really good for you. Communism will re- be really great for you if you have more pigment in your skin, but communism is bad for you if you're white. And, and capitalism only works if you're white, not if you have more pigment. And the problem is, when capitalism, American-style capitalism has been tried anywhere in the world, you know this, G, it's lifted more people out of poverty, brought more people into the middle class, more wealth, more prosperity than any other system known to man. It's not perfect, yeah. but it's the best system that we have. And it's to the think best. these stupid kids are thinking that they have a better system, to your point, when they're not able to think, they're not able to actually yeah. have their own thoughts, they'll have the WEF or someone else think for them that that system will be better than a, a free-thinking men and women running their country as opposed to an elite running the, the, the system in the country for them. Uh, gee, actually, because Sean brought up race, I want to play this clip. I know you saw it, too. Um, this is a, a famous uh, uh, soccer star, and she has a, 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 a podcast of sorts, and she interviews—I'm going to get the name of this woman. She is a—she um, interviews— a woman named Dr. Yaba Blay. Now, Dr. Yaba Blay is a... Who is a doctor is in quotes. Yeah, doctor. she's a scholar, okay. activist, public speaker, cultural consultant. I'm going to just give you what she lists on her website as her expertise. Um, her expertise, she's a doctor, um, is colorism, mm. beauty politics, particularly in relation to black women and girls, skin color and hair politics, black aesthetic practices, Black racial cultural identity, equity and inclusion, and shifting the lens on race. Um, she pretty much encompasses all the um, all the grift that you know we have seen in the racializing of America. Um, here is a clip of her being interviewed by this very guilt-ridden white 
um, soccer star. Um, watch this. Watch it. It's it's again displaying our own white supremacy, especially trying to slide into you your your DMs. Help oh, me, fix oh, me. Oh, or let me say something else. Right? Let me say something else. Because again, I told you I'm an independent people's worker. I'm happy that your people want to give me their money and they want to support me. I'll take it. Thank you. Thank you. Trust me. Thank you. But at the same time, when we start talking about intersectionality, which is white supremacy, which is gender, which is capitalism, Americans, mm -hmm. white people, I need you to know that your money will not assuage you from your guilt. You cannot pay your way out of this. There aren't enough reparations in the world that you can pay us. And so you think because you write a check or you slide me something in Venmo that you're absolved and you can tell somebody, well, I gave Dr. Blay $100. I'm not racist. Dr. Blay is going to spend your $100 and still tell you that you're racist. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. So that was U.S. soccer star Abby Wambach. Um, so she kind of exposed the grift here. What do you make of yeah. this? Because to me, it's so gross, even just how she's taking this abuse from this Dr. Blay. Okay, I have uh, bad news for those people. Um, well, it sounds pretty good. Um, communism is not racist. It's not. It's going to, and, and the communism suppress everybody. It doesn't care your skin color, doesn't care your ethnicity. Everybody, if you, they don't like you, they don't like how you think, all, all of them go to gulags. So, and then this... <laughs> This is something that they think that communism is good for the minority. Look at how the CCP treat the minorities. Hmm. Look how the CCP persecuted the Tibetans and persecute the Uyghurs who are Muslim. So they, they need to really wake up. Communism is bad for everybody, black and white and yellow and purple, everybody. It's, it is bad for everybody. And, you know, here I, I keep coming back to this thought. This this rot is festering inside of the university system, and it's and it's seeped down into K through twelve, as Rachel mentioned. But and, and there's more control over the K through twelve system, you know, with school boards and local communities, and they don't have complete control, but a lot more control. But I look at the university system, and the American taxpayer funds the universities, whether it's through funding student aid or grants or loans, but also tax policy. Um, these are tax-free institutions. And to think that the American government would fund institutions that are undermining America, undermining capitalism, and promoting communism, Marxism, and socialism, that we would fund that is outrageous. I'm at the point where I think we should take away all money from these universities, unless they have a set of ideas that promote the ideas that made this country great. They, they support uh, our American founders, our Constitution. Um, liberty, freedom, free speech, the Second Amendment. If you don't do that, you don't get any money. You can, you, we, you have free speech. You can teach whatever you want. But if you want to teach these things, you don't get our cash. We're not going to fund you to, to wreck and ruin this great country. What do you say? Of, of course, we are funding mm -hmm. all these indoctrinations from uh, uh, public school to universities. And people need to know our money, our money goes to the, uh, those institutions who Really, really not educating our kids, but make them revolutionaries, not even activists. I think they are making them revolutionaries. 
just like what CCP did for the kids in China. And I, uh, and I said that um, many times that it took the CCP 17 years uh, from uh, 1949 when they took the power to 1966. See what they did. Mm -hmm. It took them 17 years, turned the whole generation into red guards. Can't think, won't think. They only need the trigger words. Mao said, do this. They go ahead and do it. And they were turned against their own parents because that's what they have been taught. 17 years. And it's going on in our uh, country yes. for decades. Even though it's slower, you know, kind of uh, under our radar, mm -hmm. it's been decades. That's yeah. what we see today. That's about the amount of time it took in Venezuela to take it from being this, you know, powerhouse, the richest country in Latin America to the poorest. Yeah. Um, and then all the dysfunction that we see right now. You know, back to the original topic that we had about Hamas and Israel and the protests on campus. This weekend, I had Michael Pillsbury. I know you know who he is. He's been someone warning about China's ambitions for a long time. And he was on our show this past weekend, and he was saying that um, that 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 we know that I, I didn't know until he told me, but that China was providing training for Hamas, um, that yes. um, the main Hamas leader has a Chinese Muslim wife, um, that mm -hmm. there is um, evidence of other kinds of support going to Hamas from China. And I look at the situation that's going on right now. We know that China thrives on chaos. And I'm worried that we are getting drawn into this situation, this horrible situation um, of this terrorist attack in Israel. And now we have another war. We have Ukraine. Um, we're getting drawn in to this war, at least in the funding we are for sure. And that all that China wants right now is for us to be distracted and more broke. And, and, yeah. and they can continue with their, you know, ambitions on Taiwan and on really global domination. How worried are you about what you're seeing just on the global stage right now with China? Very, very worried. And also, China has struck on uh, holy alliances with the Muslim countries. Yes. Those Muslim countries refuse to, to see what's going on in China, what's going on in Xinjiang, and the Uyghurs being uh, persecuted, yes. put in concentration camp. They just pretend they did not see it. Because right now, these two have one shared goal, that is to uh, really to, to destroy the West. Mm. And uh, so I, I think that's very interesting. Those Muslim countries just refuse to see yeah. what's going on. Like Turkey China. pretending like they're so outraged at what's happening to the Palestinians, which, by the way, it breaks my heart. But I mean, they have said nothing about the Muslim yeah. Uyghurs in China and they're aligning with China. They don't. Uh, in, in Xinjiang, that's open uh, prison as well. Yes. Yeah. Anyone that uh, um, and that say anything or or suspected uh, suspected of doing anything or saying anything, concentration camp. So no outrage. Gee, it seems like um, we have so many little minions. As you mentioned, there's people who will back in China would follow whatever Mao said. Uh, they would they would do, and the same thing is happening here. It doesn't in the end benefit them. Uh, they're going to be worse no. off than they are today. They may not know that, but they're going to be. And it's going to benefit a, a, certain, a certain group of people that are going to be in power. It's going to be a set of elites. Who are these elites in America? Um, and I wonder why mm. do they, they they've, again, they've built this army of people to support 
again, their poverty and this small group of people, their prosperity at the very top of the regime. And I wonder who they are. Who are the, who are the elite thinkers that are going to take the top, the, the, the top position in this new structured America? Um, who are they? And I don't, I don't think we really identify them. It seems like it's this mass blob of movement, but someone yeah. in the back of their minds knows yeah. when we do this, I'm going to be at the top. And this is great for me. Yeah. Maybe bad for everyone else, but really good for me and my family. Dr. Blay yeah, will benefit. That, yeah, Dr. Blay. <laughs> well, she won't. Dr. Blay will not benefit. She'll be it, cast no, aside. No, 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 no. Those are uh, stu- uh, useful, uh, useful idiots. idiots. Useful yeah. idiots, yeah. I, I say this, and this is just my you know, take on it. And I say that if you see a face, uh, probably not those real elite. They are behind. Mm. They are... Um, yeah, really control the, those that we see the faces, including Obama. I really seriously believe so. Okay. So well, that's one question that people ask me. This can't be cultural revolution here in America. We don't have mouth figure. Yes, we, that's true. We do not have a mouth figure, but we have a group of people. I call them globalists. Mm-hmm. They are not, they may not even be Americans. They yes. are the ones control everything. They are the ones create all this chaos. Why? People ask me why, and I address that in my book. Power. They want yes. power. They want the control of all of us. You little guys, you little peasants, you don't deserve freedom. You deserve our rule. We tell you what to do, just like Mao. Power. You, you know, I'm, and that's why it's so important, the distinction that you're making, that we for so long have looked at communism only through the prism of, of, of economics. And when we understand yeah. that it's about mind control, that it's about mind. it's about it's about power and control. And that this yeah. is why so many of these oligarchs that you're talking about, these globalists, these faceless globalists who are these masters of the universe, who are running all of this stuff and we don't know who they are. They, but what little we do know of them, Klaus Schwab, um, Bill Gates, all of these types of people, who do they admit publicly? They've admitted that they admire Xi Jinping, the Chinese government. They absolutely admire the control that digital um, uh, surveillance has given Xi Jinping to do, as you said, mind control, control us through our, you know, Sean is so worried about digital currency um, for that reason. He's so worried about what he sees happening. And so am I. And it, it, it again, getting it out of our heads that it's an economic thing. Um, give us some last words. I know you have to go. Just your last thoughts, just on this globalism part of it, because I think that's the, 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 that's, the it piece is important. Here. Yeah. Yes. I think what we are seeing is a China model that yes. the West is uh, is strive for, and that is control. Control of everything. Before, they could control your, your mind, or they, they try to control your movement, and it was kind of difficult, right? It's, you, you, you use police, you use... now they have the technology, yeah. and they can control every move. They can control every move, no matter where you are. And they can turn off your digital um, uh, currency, so you can't get uh, anything, you can't even buy food. And that's how they control you. And that's how easy it is to control you. And that's the China model that the West is after. Yeah. And that's what, uh, uh, when that happens, our freedom will be gone. And that's end of um, uh, America. Mao's America. Mao's America. Jivan Fleet, you are a ray of light uh, piercing into the darkness that we're seeing in America. I appreciate all the work you do, your Twitter feed, your book 
all the time you spend with my wife, <laughs> who loves you. I hear, I listen, I, you go to bed and I hear about Jeeva and Fleet and the amazing work you're doing out there. So we, we appreciate you and all you do. And thank you for joining us at the kitchen table. Yeah. And good luck with the book. Thank we're so, you. we're so proud of you and we're so proud of, of, of what you're putting out there. Thank you so much for your support and your friendship. Oh. Thank you. Jean. We love you, G. Take care and good love luck. You. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. So I love when we have her on. This is the second time we've had her on her podcast. I know you Mm -hmm. have her on Fox and Friends uh, quite a bit. Uh, But it comes back to the idea that the elites have is that we're too stupid for self-governance. We're Mm -hmm. too stupid to make decisions for our own lives and the courts that we want to take with a government that we control. They're like, no, 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 no. The founders in America, they were wrong. Self-governance does not work. We should, we should get a whole mob of people to come out and fight to empower us, these elite people, the, the, the Barack Obamas, the Klaus Schwab's, uh, the Bill Gates of the world. We need to be in charge. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it truly is frightening. And when she mentioned this global movement, and she's right, it's, it's the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. And what's important is, if you look at the old Soviet Union, uh, or if you look at Cuba uh, back in the day, we could look at those models and we saw they didn't work. And then you saw capitalism and go, well, wow, that's pretty cool. Capitalism actually has created innovation and creativity and hard work and upward mobility. And you could compare the two systems. Well, if you're able to say, well, wait, if I can make everyone live under a communist umbrella globally, well, then there's no other little beacon of light. I can't, I can't then compare the communist regime, which is almost a global regime, to these outliers of mm-hmm. countries that are doing really well with capitalism. They need everybody under the umbrella. And that's why when you have one person speak out or one country go off course, they put so much pressure on, yeah. that, on that country. Like Hungary. Like, like or, Hungary, that's right. For, this is or, a great example. Or Poland. Uh, Poland just had an election and the conservatives lost, but they were beacons to show there's a different way. And these globalists, they wouldn't allow it. Uh, They can't have it because you will see a distinct outcomes 
with a, with with the Marxist model versus the capitalist model. And and because it's this that. globalist mindset, uh, one of the things that they need to do is get rid of of people's national identities, right? Yeah. It's really important for them. And that's why, who are the people funding the NGOs, the non-governmental agencies that are pushing the Biden administration for the open border policies? George Soros. Uh, by the way, he's also funding, un- through the Tides Foundation, funding the student groups that are doing the protests um, on campus, the, the anti-Israel um, pro- pro- protests on campuses. Uh, that is also George Soros, which is ironic because whenever you criticize George Soros, they'll tell you, you know, he'll push back and say it's anti-Semitism. But here he is um, promoting uh, pro-Hamas stuff. I mean, it's very, you, it's, 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 it's kind of mind-blowing how it all works, but they really need to uh, get rid of nationalism. So you talked about Hungary and you talked about Poland. These are countries with very, that have, are clinging very hard because they're former Soviet satellite countries, right? And so they're clinging very hard to their old traditions and their identity because they realize what can happen when it's taken away. And the globalists don't want that. They love this idea of this homogeneous EU. And they want also to take down America's sort of, you know, we've always been, I, I've known this because I lived in Europe and I had European Spanish uh, relatives who always thought it was so weird how total Americans were so, you know, would wear flags on their clothes and you know, would, you know, on their heads and fly flags in front of their houses. I mean, that was, that was something that, you know, nationalism was sort of suppressed in, 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 in Europe in the post um, World War II era. And so we still are, we're very much like that. And they're trying to basically demoralize us, these globalists to get us to not, you know, have those nationalist sentiments. So all of this is tied in to this globalism and, and this mirroring or emulation of of China in terms of this digital control. China couldn't have done, couldn't be where it's at right now, Sean, without the technology. The technology is key to its power right now. It is key. And that's why Surveillance. I, I look at in America, you, there, there's, there's three key pillars of strength for the Marxists and the globalists. It's energy, it's food, and it's currency. Mm-hmm. If you control all three, you control the energy, the food, and the currency, you control the people. And you can see the plays that are being made on all three of those. Uh, another one we don't hear about as much as the- Because education, they've already taken that down, right? They've already got control of the education. Yeah, but even, even, even if you're, you're, you don't agree to the, to the new system, if they control your food, That's energy, true. and your money, good point. they'll control you no matter if you're a free thinker or not. They've got you. Now, yeah. the, 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 the digital currency, the U.S. digital currency movement, we don't hear as much about that. That's not talked about it's as so much. Scary. But make no mistake, it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to come back to the college campuses. Um, and, and, and this has been talked about a lot, but I, I find it fascinating that over the course of the last, what, seven years, eight years, ever since Donald Trump was on the, on the campaign trail, Donald Trump was the president from 2016 to 2020, there was, this, there was this movement afoot that said, listen, if Donald Trump supporters have events on campus and they bring in maybe a conservative speaker, a Ben Shapiro, a Charlie Kirk, a Dan Bongino. Candace Owens Candace or Owens. Milo Yiannopoulos. That's going to make the student body feel uncomfortable. And we want to be very concerned about their safety and their mental well-being. And therefore, we have to shut down speakers who are going to stand at a podium and only speak words. We can't let them come on our college campus because that is contrary to the safe space that we want to create for our students. 
because 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 they're saying those the, those ideas are are dangerous or violent, conservative ideas are threatening. Are, are threatening. And they don't make people feel safe. Right. Mm-hmm. And flip the page and come to today. And you actually have not just pretty threatening protests on college campuses, but actual threats that are coming towards Jewish students on campus. And professors. Jewish professors don't feel safe either. And lo and behold, there is no concern for a safe space. There is no concern for the college student body that truly doesn't feel safe on campus. And I bring that up because it exposes the lie. We pull the curtain back on the college campus. This was never about making sure that the student body was safe. It was all politics all the time. They didn't want the conservative speakers' ideas to be heard on campus. They only have one viewpoint that those kids can hear, and it's their viewpoint. Another viewpoint has to be shut out and shunned, and they would use all kinds of excuses to do it. Again, going back to Mm -hmm. students don't feel safe. And now we see, actually, they don't care because they're willing to put these kids in danger as they they now, now, I guess they now believe in free speech, right? Now free speech matters, and the Hamas students have the right to stand up and not only have rallies, but also to make threats. Because free speech is only for speech they agree with. It's so, I'm so glad you brought up that point because you're right. You know, they would use this like, this is hate speech. Ben Shapiro's on campus. Well, Milo Yiannopoulos, it's so dangerous that he, you know, would say something about transgenderism that we don't like. And and we can't have gay conservatives like that's just too, that's just too mind blowing. And and it's dangerous. And they shut them down. And I mean, they would have huge. I mean, and, and, and think about it, Sean. In their classrooms, they only get leftist Marxist thinking. And they, these professors and students on the left couldn't handle one hour what of Ben Shapiro or Charlie Kerr or Candace Owens on their campus. And it, it goes to the point of that's how weak their ideas are. Yeah, if totally. If you can't be totally. confronted with a different perspective, um, it doesn't say something about the presenter. It says something about you. I want to go back to another point, too. I do believe in the First Amendment. Um, and when we talk about the First Amendment, we talk about defending speech, not that we like, we talk about defending speech that we don't like. And I do not like the speech that I hear on college campuses, the mm-hmm. pro-Hamas, the pro-terrorist speech. I hate it. I couldn't disagree with them more. But if I believe in the First Amendment, I believe that I have to support their right to say the things they're saying until it crosses over into the realm of violence and threats. And it has gone to that place. So it has gone to violence yes. and threats. But I do think people have a right I agree to, with you. To, I to, think to they have a right to protest. Um, mm-hmm. And if we can't defend it here, how do we expect to defend conservatives on campus that are being shut down Agreed. and silenced? And you're seeing a lot of politicians, you know, trying to score points, whether it's DeSantis or Tim Scott kind of going, we're going to ban, you know, anything that reeks of anti-Semitism. Well, that's what can be that. Listen, when it starts to get into threats, that's obvious. You can't have physical, violent threats against students. And we're seeing, you know, Jewish students are petrified right now on campus. That is not acceptable. Exactly so. But That's... can there can there be pro-Palestinian um uh uh protests on campus? Of course there can be. This is a legitimate debate between, you know, what's happening, you know, the history of all of this. That said, um it's weird that the protesters, they had an opportunity, the protesters who who claim to be pro-Palestinian. They have not denounced Hamas and said, we're for the Palestinian people, we're against Hamas. Um, they have not said, we're peace, pa- you know, we're peace activists and we're against war. Ma- they have not made those distinctions for themselves, which has made them, I think, rightfully susceptible 
to many of the attacks that they're getting. Um, and, and it's really, and it's turned really ugly. There are, Sean, no more peace activists on campus like there were in the past. Um, and, and I'm sad about that. I'm sad that we can't call for peace. Um, but, but neither side is in, in this case. And certainly these, the, that if you can come on into a protest and say you're pro Hamas, how gross is that? So first of all, I don't, I don't think you can just say, Hey, we were, we had this, we had this October 7th attack and now we can just say, let's have peace. I don't think you get, I don't think you get to that point. Uh, yeah, I understand that sentiment as well. Of course I do. There has to be, you know, very specific No, but I'm saying whether I agree with that or not, I'm saying nobody is calling for peace at any of these protests. These are pro... All they're talking about ceasefires. They want, they want peace, Rachel. (laughs) Ceasefire peace after the, after... Hamas is still sending the Hezbollah are sending. I even think the kids on the campus are saying that. I mean, I'm looking at it. I mean, I, I we saw this one on on uh, uh, what's the university in uh, uh, Tulane? Yeah. Um, it was just you know students carrying Palestinian flags and tearing tearing out you know Israeli flags. I mean, I, I don't. It, it's just they have they've disqualified themselves as as intellectually honest when they can't actually denounce Hamas um, as part of their protest. So once you do that, we know who you are. Um, and again, I think it's really important to look at the money um, that's coming into these universities from foreign countries, Sean. I don't think that should be legal. We, I don't believe for a second that, that you know, any, like, would China allow America to fund Chinese universities? We are in a conflict with China. Um, we should not allow Chinese money through Confucius centers or however they get their money in. Uh, we should not allow it's Chinese Saudi, money to go Saudi into money, the Saudi Arabia money. But China money, remember going into yeah. the Biden, the Biden library or whatever in Penn, UPenn? Uh, we should not, there should be a rule. Just like you, sh- we should have a law that says if you're Chinese, you can't buy American land, um, farm land. We should have a rule that says you cannot, if you're an American university, Take foreign money. If you take American money or American tax breaks, you can't take any foreign aid from anywhere else. Now, what? If, I think she's not let them take foreign money. I would, I, 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 Is there a problem with that? With that? I, Do you I, have a problem with I that? Don't, I do not have a problem with that. But me, so you're talking about foreign aid. Let's talk about money in the, in the U.S. So there is a lot of liberals um, from all different ethnic backgrounds and all different stations in life. They give their money to these, these universities. And you and I would say for the last 10 years, these universities are 20 years. They're, they're pumping out radicalism like we've never seen before. And we've called it out. We've seen it. But yeah. these leftists, these liberals, these Democrats continue to fund, even the conservatives too, by the way, continue to fund these schools, giving big checks to the Ivy Leagues and others. And lo and behold, when the universities all of a sudden let their, their, their students come out and protest Israel and support Hamas. And the faculty doesn't really say anything. The leadership of the university doesn't say anything. A lot of the donors are shocked. They're surprised. And for me, I'm like, listen, you've been, you've been giving to this. You've been funding what you now see on the ground in these protests. And the question I always have is, will they stop? Will they learn the lesson and go, oh, this is frightening? We have to actually cut off all contributions. And maybe we're going to find good universities, good colleges out there that, uh, that uh, promote a set of ideas that are consistent with my values and my beliefs. I'm not sure they will. I think there's a lot of people who are outraged by what's happening. They're still going to give. Um, yeah, people are. You saw this, in, you saw this, Sean, when you were in Congress. 
Sean, when Sean was in Congress, Sean tried to get to the bottom of, of these indoctrination machines, um, these universities. And it was interesting. You, you, you try to get help from think tanks, like, what can we do? It's not really a federal issue. They said you have to go to the state level. And so you started to talk to, you know, our governor and different people in the Republican Party. You go, what can we do? And it turns out this let's was talking to let's you. Let's develop a plan. We should have a plan to address these crazy universities in Wisconsin. University of uh, it's like communist. By the way, the most they they're the number one required reading at Madison, and it's not it's the same for many universities. Is the Communist Manifesto, not the Constitution. Um, it's not any of the founding fathers. Not reading it's it not the Federalist Madison. Papers. They're reading it. They're reading it as a how to. This book. is the pathway. Yeah, they'll read 1984 to learn the lesson about right. about about authoritarianism. But anyway, c- continue, Sean, because well, the, I, I, the, I I think what you learned in Congress was so the, interesting. The problem I found is I was trying to build then a, a state coalition of at least Republicans to say we need to take a different look at the university system in our state and our state funding that goes to it. Um, and, and try to steer it away from this Marxism. Um, and maybe that's going to mean we have to cut funding to the, to the university system until they have a, 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 an ideology that's consistent with America. What I found was. Or at least fair, at least balance. You, I remember you're going, if they would just balance it out. Yeah, by the way, that's, that is Americanism. I'll, you should tell both sides. Yeah. I should decide, decide for myself. I should get all the facts. I shouldn't be indoctrinated. What I found was any Republican who's in a position of power that went to the university system, they don't want to touch it. They love it. I'm a badger and I love the badgers and we can't take any money away from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. They're one, I'm like, what are you talking about? You might, yeah, you, you went to college there for four years, but we have to look at the rot they're teaching the kids and there should be a state response to that rot. And they were like, hands off, so don't it, touch them. So they were more, they were, they were more. So great. Yes. The idea of, be, this is my alma mater. I love the Badgers. I love, I have season tickets. Don't touch the funding. Awesome. To, and, and the only way to make, as you know, Sean, the only way I think people listen to is cut their funding. And, um, and, and they wouldn't let you guys do that. You know, you talked about the donors. The other piece of the puzzle are the parents. And that's why when I saw that tweet about uh, or that 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 I saw that the Columbia University had 100 student, 100 professors writing a letter in defense of pro Hamas students. And I know that you can't find 100 professors across the country, let alone at Columbia, um, to write a letter in defense of conservatives who supported Donald Trump on campus, who were treated as if they were racist, white supremacist, um, deserved to have the FBI, you know, go after them. That they that these institutions have a closer affinity to, to Hamas than to a Republican presidential candidate for which 50 percent of the country, um, you know, voted for. These are sick institutions. So don't send your kids to them or don't send them to those kinds of institutions, especially the Ivy Leagues. There are very few. I think we came up with what, six, seven, eight yeah. universities um, that we could think of that didn't have this kind of sickness. Um, in in terms of of its um, it, institutions, I, I I don't know. So when I see the, the the protests around the country, we've talked about the education system, and and that's a problem. We've discussed it, but there's another problem. There's another component to what's happening, and it's immigration. Um, you've seen Barack Obama allow a lot of people come into this country from the Middle East, um, and so. You don't, you, you should, and you, you've seen protests around the country, but if you look at some of the most radical representatives, where do they come from? 
One is Rashida Tlaib uh, from outside of Detroit, Michigan. The other one is Elam Omar in St. Paul, Minnesota. But what do those two areas have in common? There's a massive uh, set of migration that's taking place in those communities. And a lot of Palestinians um, are in, or Palestinian sympathizers are in that Detroit area. And so when Rashida Tlaib comes out in favor of Hamas over Israel, that's a winner for her because Barack in Obama has in her district, right? They, they've let in all these, all these migrants and that's where they've gone is to Michigan. And the Somalis have gone into, uh, in large part to St. Paul. And so when Elon Omar talks about this, she gets support. And again, but, but, so but, but, but in the immigration, immigration matters, making sure you're bringing, I know, but when he the brought place. them in, when he brought them in, um, a lot of people don't remember, Sean, um, during, during, you know, when the Iraq war was still on and Barack Obama was in power and they were bringing refugees in and there were very few, but there were some Christians complaining that Christian Middle Easterners who were, were truly being persecuted in the Middle East and in Iraq and in many of these places that they were coming from were being denied. So Christian Middle Easterners were being denied immigration and, 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 and refugee status here in the United States and Muslim ones were, were favored. So, you know, that, that, there was also some weird stuff going on um, in that regard. And, and I really should, I want to look into that because that's something I, I've been, you know, it's sort of something that I remember from back then and we don't talk enough about, but you're right. The way we, the, the standards that we set for bringing in Im immigrants makes a difference on, 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 on the points of view of the representatives from those districts. And when, when Barack Obama said he wanted to, wanted to fundamentally transform America, a lot of people kind of laughed and shrugged that off and they voted for him. Um, and this is amazing how far he has gone to fundamentally transform this country. Um, and I'm not asking for a don't publicly flog yourself. But if you voted for Barack Obama, which I did not, um, you can change and you can change course. You have to get involved, um, whether it's using your voice, um, whether it's using your time to help candidates that are, that are going to try to defeat this ideology. It's money. All those things have to come together. Um, get involved in your local school, but also pushing your state legislatures to change the, 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 the trajectory of your state university system. All those things truly matter and make a difference. And you can repent for your Barack Obama vote by mm. doing those things because he was the one that truly shifted the gears in the course this country has gone. Donald Trump gave us a four-year reprieve. That's and, why they lost their minds. And, and, Joe, and Joe Biden has picked up the Obama mantle and run twice the speed. Um, and so, mm. again, that's why I think this, this 2024 election is so important. If we don't stop this right now, um, you look at the millions of people who are coming across the southern border, the people we have no idea who they are. Um, we have a thousand percent increase in Chinese nationals coming across the border. We just had a report from um, the Congressman Kimenez in Florida that they found that the Cubans were uh, Cubans were involved with sending Chinese nationals uh, from Cuba th from Cuba. And, and they found them in the Keys, in the Florida Keys. Um, and of course, we know that Hamas and other terrorist groups have been working with the cartels for a long time now. It's been years, Sean, since we've had um, agents um, from the uh, our, our government uh, on on Fox and Friends talking about the connection between Middle East terrorism and the cartels in, in in Mexico and how they use the cartels to get into our country. You can be sure there are cells right now. We, the terror the terror watch list um, it went from zero. Terrorists 
um, capture, known terrorists captured at our U.S. border in 2019 when Trump was in office to now record highs um, that we've never seen um, in the history of the United States. And those are just the known terrorists that we have actually apprehended. As you know, Sean, how many, how many unknown one, one, gotaways? 1.8 million um, gotaways. So those are the people who didn't, didn't want to turn yeah. Uh, they didn't want the free phone and the free plane ticket to somewhere in the U.S. There was a reason why they didn't want to get caught. And by the way, even though those who turned them, those who turned themselves in, um, we, we don't we don't have a data. Th- th- these countries don't have databases like the U.S. You can't really track who people are. So yeah. you have to have intelligence that they're a, that they're a, that they have a terrorist affiliation. Um, but many of them, you may not know that affiliation if the CIA hasn't found you somewhere. Uh, but you can still have that in your heart, and you're still turning yourself in, and you're still getting your free flight to wherever in the U.S. in your free phone. But 1.8 million gotaways, that's frightening um, and very dangerous. And I guarantee you, God help us if we have a terrorist attack. I know. But if we do, Joe Biden will come out and say, don't blame me. This is a time for unity. Not, this is not a time for politics. Let's, you know, let's, let's now deal with the threat. So right. And I'm sorry, it is a time for politics because so many of us are calling out the threat that Joe Biden is, um, a, is it's, it's his fault. Um, and he won't stop it. Even with what's going on in the Middle East, he won't stop the flow of people coming across the southern oh, border. What happened? What happened and in the it border? It won't be his fault. What happened to, the, to those kibbutzes in 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 Israel could happen to any border town right now. That's right. That could absolutely happen. Now the difference is any middle American town too. The difference is, and I've talked to um, the mayor of say of Uvalde, for example, when I interviewed him, he said, in Uvalde. Parents don't let their kids go outside to play without them having a gun, the parent having a gun right there because they're so afraid of this that dangerous. Last thing I want to mention to you, Sean, is that when my mother became a U.S. citizen, just so you know how things have changed, she went through the process legally and the FBI went to Spain. My father's Mexican-American, but my mother is from Spain. He was in the military. He was in the military. He met my mom when he was stationed as a young airman in Spain and eventually... You know, after they got married um, and my mom decided to become a a citizen, I don't know, like I was probably in kindergarten at that point. um, The FBI went and interviewed my grandmother, um, some of her friends and her sisters. So, I mean, there wasn't and they they were worried concerned about they were worried about communist infiltration. Yes, they were worried about communist infiltration. We used to care about that. By the way, during the, the, the Second World War, the excuse used for not allowing um, more Jews to immigrate to, uh, you know, European Jews who were under the threat of, of, of Nazism and Hitler, we didn't allow many to come in. The excuse that was used was, and we should have probably, but the excuse that was used was they were worried about communist infiltration. And so, you know, that used to be something we cared about. And it's so interesting that we had you know, G. Van Fleet on our show today, um, reminding us that this threat is alive and well. It's it's morphed into this globalism, but it's all part of this mind control um, that that is part of communism. And so, it's just an interesting conversation. We today. are we are in. I hate to scare everybody, but we're in challenging times. Uh, the the world is ablaze thanks to Joe Biden and American weakness. Are our own country is having its own trouble, whether it's the southern border that we talked about, mm-hmm. inflation, crime. Um, we have real headwinds, um, and it's going to take real staunch leadership in great Americanism 
by patriots out there if we're going to change the course of this country. But we can't sit back and think someone else will do it. It's all of us that have to work together uh, to save this country. And be aware. Or our our kids will grow up in an America that we would not recognize. And I don't want that. I think they deserve the same inheritance that we got. Information is power. And that's why we had uh, had you fancy on today. Mao's America. Get the book or just if you you, you also just go to her Twitter account. It's really good. Um, and, and start to get informed of what's happening. No doubt. Thanks for joining us at the kitchen table. Great conversation today. If you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can always find us at foxnewspodcast.com. Please subscribe. You get the notice uh, whenever our new podcasts drop. We drop Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Friday is our Q&A day. Um, we always appreciate you tuning in for a little conversation and usually a cup of coffee. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.